0: Hello and welcome everyone to the bring the sting podcast as always this is your host Evan Birchmore guys and as we sit here today on September the 15th 2022 just 34 days away from tip off of Hornets basketball we continue the player preview series with none other than James Booknight the talented second year guard out of UConn will be breaking down his performance in his rookie season and the expectations for his sophomore campaign including what will define a successful season and the area for most improvement for James Booknight, guys. Before we dive in, as I mentioned, 34 days away from tip off, and you all know what that means. Today's edition of the Jersey Number Countdown, guys, three players have worn the Jersey Number 34 in Hornets history. It began with J.R. Reed in 1990, he wore 34 until 1993. Then Tony Smith took it over in 1997, and finally, Robert Tractor Trailer in 2002. So, interestingly enough, no player has worn 34 in the current iteration of the franchise. But three players did in the original Hornets era, so we include them on the jersey number countdown, guys. As we get closer to the season, a fun exercise that I just like to throw out, I I think it really kind of sets the table for the season to come. It's going to be here before we know it, guys. Less than five weeks away, five weeks from yesterday, will be tip-off, guys. The Hornets will be in San Antonio taking on the Spurs on that opening night, guys. I couldn't be more excited. But with that said, we still have some player preview episodes to get through, and this is one that I think many have had circled for quite a while since we announced this series, guys, a guy who I contend might be the most polarizing guy on the roster, certainly I think has the most approved this year. That's James Booknight, guys, the 11th overall pick in the 2021 draft, a guy who I think many contended was a good value pick when he fell to you because he was not expected to be on the board at that point. And I went on record saying that was a good value pick because, based on all the projections, all the mock drafts from the draft experts, if you will, he would he should not have been there at the eleventh pick. And now, in retrospect, you look and say, was he there for a reason? Why did he fall to you? You know, it. it, it and many have drawn comparisons to another Hornets guard who did not live up to the hype in his time in Queen City. And that was Malik Monk, guys, a guy who was just kind of hot and cold, you know, obviously had the talent. I don't want to call James Booknight the new Malik Monk, but it is a bit ominous, the the similarities between their starts. Now, with that said, guys, James Booknight will run through his stats from a year ago. 31 games, 4.6 points, 1.7 rebounds, uh, 0.8 assists from the field shot, 34.8%, from three shot 34.7%, and from the charity stripe guy shot 87.1%. Now, he did get a lot of run in Greensboro as well with Swarm in the G League. And in the G League, as you could expect, the numbers were much better. Put up 25 points a night, just about seven rebounds, four assists. Shot 45.6% from the field. Uh, Did only shoot 27% from deep, so that's not too good. Uh, And 81% from the foul line, so his free throw shooting went down a little bit as well. But as you would expect, you know, a guy who was probably too good good for the g-league level not not above playing in the g-league but like his talent level it was just clear when he was on the floor i mean come on like he was one of the better players and getting development time at the nba level in the long term would serve him better but with that said it was a a conundrum last year because you were playing for a playoff spot and you were in contention for the playoffs for most of the year. I mean, you made the play in and as, as late into the season, as the last day, there was still a chance for you to, to rise up in the, in the seedings. And with James Booknight, did he really help you to win games in Charlotte last year? Not as much as some of the other guys, you know, clearly not as much as Terry Rozier did not as much as Cody Martin did. And those are the guys above him, you know, kind of in that off guard spot. So, I'm not going to say it was unfair that he didn't get the minutes because his individual development was not the primary focus of what the team was trying to do last year. And it goes back to a bigger point that I've made. What is the overall direction of the franchise? Like if you're trying to develop these young guys, that's fine, but you need to find them some minutes. If you're trying to compete, okay, that's great. But, you know, other moves and other things that we're saying and and trying to operate with need to reflect that belief, right? It all came to a boiling point in that ugly incident when he and Borrego got into that verbal altercation in Charlotte. They're hosting the Miami Heat. Just not a good look. And look, I'm not... I'm sure there's two sides to the coin. Like, I'm sure James Booknight, his frustration was not invalid, right? Like, his his being upset with lack of opportunity, lack of minutes... I'm not going to say that's completely unwarranted. Like, he has a right to feel that way. He's a professional player. He is clearly talented. You have to be talented to be the 11th pick in the NBA draft. But I'm also not going to say that he was in the right to do that or that Borrego was in the wrong, right? So I think that is something that, you know, if there's a problem, express it. I don't want him to just not say anything. But But not on the bench, in front of the cameras, in front of, you know, all the fans. Like, that to me was not handled well. Just other things – Throughout his rookie season, even this offseason, you know, whatever the the manner in which he got injured, missed the summer league, you know, and, and rumors are just that. But, you know, just rumors of how he sustained that injury. Right. And I really hate that he missed summer league. That would have been a, a very beneficial experience for him, I believe. And with that said, guys, a guy who clearly is talented, right? Like his scoring, I think, is the the one trait that's flashed. And the most translatable skill that he has to the NBA level is that scoring ability, right? You just look at the numbers, guys. I tweeted this out a while ago. In every game last year in which he played at least 20 minutes, he scored at least 11 points. Guys, at the NBA level, that was six appearances put up at least 11 points, so double-digit points, when he played at least 20 minutes a night. And 20 minutes is is rotational minutes, but like not starters minutes, right? So... Again, is that is that translatable over the course of an 82 game season? Probably not, you know, but a small sample size, notwithstanding, it is a promising statistic, right? You just go look. I contend his best performance of the year. Guys, if you remember, it was a December home game against the Kings and you think, okay, Kings coming to town. We should handle this. Take care of business kind of a game, right? Well, it was a struggle. You almost lost the game. It took some missed free throws down the stretch by the Kings for you to win that game. I believe you won by one point in that game. But Booknight actually led you in scoring that night. He put up 24 points, shot 56% from the field, shot 75% from three guys, and grabbed eight rebounds. He can rebound the ball a little bit as well. That was his best performance. Now, again, you had several guys out in COVID protocol at the time. That was, if you remember, when COVID protocol just sort of ravaged the entire league. It was kind of during that time window, right? But nonetheless, guys, I you don't go and lead a NBA team and scoring on a night and lead the team to victory. You can't do that if you're not talented. So I don't think anybody is rationally questioning his talent or his ability, especially again, to score the basketball kind of microwave score kind of a guy, but it's a matter of styles and team need. Is that really what Charlotte needs? And is that really what's going to get him on the floor? You were a elite offensive unit last year as a team. And, you got LaMelo can score. Terry can score. Gordon can score. You know, you had Miles who could score last year was your leading scorer last year. Kelly Oubre coming off the bench. Then you saw Isaiah Thomas coming off the bench. So where does James Booknight fit in that if his best trade is his scoring? Right. Is that alone enough to get him on the floor? Now, I would expect second year guy been in the system for a year. New coaching staff. Maybe he can kind of, you know, find his groove easier with a new coach, uh, a new head coach. But with that said, I don't believe scoring enough is going to get him the minutes he desires. Like, he's going to have to flash some other areas. And it's kind of a conundrum again. And I don't want to just seem like I'm throwing him under the bus completely. Because here's the thing. When you get the limited minutes that he did, right, as a rookie and just put yourself in his shoes, you get out there. Look, this is my time to shine. Like, I have to go do something in these minutes because the next dead ball, I might go to the bench, or the next you know mistake I make, turnover, bad pass, whatever, I might I might go to the bench. So I need to come out here, put up shots, get some points, and I don't want to totally throw him under the bus for that because that's his opportunity to shine, right? And if you're not getting the minutes, maybe you're under some some self in, self inflicted pressure to perform in those minutes. So perhaps a larger role can kind of have a a benefit. A, a positive, you know, impact on James Booknight, wherein he can kind of relax. Okay, I don't have to rush things. If I make a mistake, it's okay. Next dead ball, I could stay in, right? And can kind of just play within the flow of the offense and play within the flow of the game. I contend that that was at that was operating to some extent last year. Now that doesn't account for everything, but I do think that was operating last year. Now, again, though, some of the stats just. They stick out like sore thumbs. And, and I always come back to this guy's efficiency from the field, defense, and limiting turnovers. The three things that, you know, you can score all the points. It's look at, look at a guy like Russell Westbrook. I know it's become popular to criticize him in the past year. And look, he's a great player, Hall of Fame player, right? But the thing is, you can say that the great numbers and the triple doubles and everything, but he turns the ball over a lot he's not particularly efficient from the floor and he's not a a plus defender really so all the points and everything is great but when you take the enti- take it in its entirety you know is he a net positive i think it's it's debatable so james booknight guys you look last year his individual defensive rating was 114.2 that was the worst of any hornets guard his per was 10.14 that was pretty low on the hornets you know, totem pole, if you will, of players P.E.R. Now, again, P.E.R. and advanced stat that I like to go back to 15 is, is meant to be kind of the, you know, your your average, right, like your your benchmark, so to speak. So 10.14, not great. But again, he was a rookie. Your other rookies were pretty low as well. So I'm not going to totally kill him for that. But you would like to see those numbers improve this year. And that all leads into area for most improvement. And guys, this might be kind of the the cheap answer, if you will. But for me, it's everything except for scoring. Like he's just got to flash some other areas of his game to get him on the floor. I just look at a guy like Steve Clifford, emphasis on defense, team basketball. You know, we talked about Cody Martin on the last episode. If Cody Martin is, to me, like the embodiment of a Steve Clifford player, although he never played with Steve Clifford, of course, in his initial tenure. But Cody Martin, to me, is a Steve Clifford player, like by the book. James Booknight might be the opposite, guys, so can some of that influence rub off on him? Can he improve the defense? Can he improve his awareness on the floor? You know, what else can he do besides shoot the basketball and score that's going to benefit him and get him extra minutes, right? So, you know, get him closer to that ceiling because the talent's there, guys. Like the ceiling, I've always contended when he was drafted, the guy I thought of for his comp and and his high-end comp, right? was Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson won the sixth man of the year for the Utah Jazz a few years ago, a guy who, you know, really good, kind of a scorer, off the bench kind of a guy. So James Booknight might never become the starting two guard for the Hornets, you know, especially as long as Terry is here and getting paid like he is. He's not going to. But can he just come in and do some other things as well? Because I don't think scoring alone is going to get him on the floor. He's got to flesh out some of those other areas of his game. To me, area for most improvement again it's everything else like the scoring was really the one area where he flashed but you got to get the efficiency up you got to get the defense up and you got to get you know the the awareness on the floor efficiency just knowing where you are at all times got to get those things sorted out as well and that leads me into season will be successful if guys to me season will be successful if James Booknight just becomes a consistent rotation player That's it because he wasn't that last year. So that's got to be the first step is just be a rotational piece on this Hornets roster, right? And you just look, where is that place for him, right? Is he going, where, where are the minutes coming from? I asked that last year because on the timeline, it just felt like every game there was frustration about, well, the minutes aren't there and where do those minutes come from, right? There is not just some infinite amount of minutes to be, distributed amongst all your players. So do you take minutes from Terry? Do you take minutes from Cody Martin? Do you take them from Kelly Oubre? D- do you play Booknight as your backup point guard this year? I mean, you still don't really have a backup point guard, and I don't think Cody Martin and James Booknight are necessarily your best options for that. I, I see them more as kind of off guards, like two guards, right? But again, where, where do those minutes come from? But he's got to find a place in the rotation. Like That's got to be your starting point. So area for most improvement, <laughs> It's just everything except scoring season will be successful. If he becomes a consistent rotation player this year, guys, big season for book night. You can't have a repeat of last year. I think there's a lot riding on him this year, as far as maybe not as much for the Hornets overall success, because he really wasn't a huge factor last year. But again, is he a guy he's, he's a lottery pick that basically was put on ice last year. So if he can start to tap into some of that potential, that could go a long ways towards helping you out this season and in seasons to come. All right, guys, that'll do it for the James Night preview. Thank you yet again for tuning in to the show. Had a blast doing this series so far, guys, and excited to continue it as well. Still got several more episodes yet to come. And with that said, guys, next episode will be coming out next Monday. That will be the Kelly Oubre episode, guys, a guy who has been in trade rumors, has been a guy, you know, one year left on his deal, but did some good things for you last year, a guy who certainly capable of lighting it up, especially from deep. So I'm excited to dive into Kelly Ubre, see what he can bring to the table this year for this Hornets squad. Guys, thank you again, though. That'll do it for this episode. And until next Monday, go Hornets.